Welcome to the EU Startups Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the show hosted by Marcin Lewandowski. Hey everyone, this is Marcin Lewandowski and you're listening to the EU Startups Podcast. My guest today is um, Dipali Nangya. Um, Dipali is a partner at Speed Invest and the driving force um, behind their diver- diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. Um, she also co-founded Alma Angels, a community set up to increase the number of female angel investors uh, in Europe who fund female-founded companies. Uh, originally, Dipali is from India uh, and has a keen interest in technologies that are solving society's biggest uh, problems. Please give it up for Dipali Nangya. Welcome to the show. Uh, lovely having you. Thank you, Arjun. Thank you for having me. I think my last podcast of the year. So um, exciting. Awesome. Let's make it special yes. then. Um, so Dipali, how are you? Oh my God, I can't believe that. I think your wife is from India, right? She is, she is. Okay. And how did you meet her? I met her, uh, well, so funnily enough, um, I met her in uh, Warsaw, Poland, which is where I come from, because she used to live there for uh, 12 years. And uh, she's a director at uh, AstraZeneca mm-hmm. in oncology department. Um, so yeah, and um, back then I was living also elsewhere because I was just living in Amsterdam. But I would just go back to Warsaw every uh, now and then, to, you know, um, I know, visit. And uh, I met her during one of the um, visits in Warsaw. So you're, so you're the recipient of a smart and beautiful Indian wife. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm doing I'm well. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Super happy to have you on the show, Dipali. Um so, since we are already uh, kind of in India, maybe you can take us back to India, uh, where it all began. You know, starting in Kolkata must have fueled your journey with some uh, flavorful spices. Uh, was there a specific moment or experience that made you go, uh, I need to dive into the world of tech and, uh, you know, make a difference? To be honest, uh, my father was an entrepreneur. He was not a tech entrepreneur, but he was uh, a scientist who commercialized what he built in the lab. So entrepreneurship was in my DNA or, you know, I learned a lot uh, from a very young age from my father. Um, and to be honest, he spoke a lot about technology to me. I still remember the day he said to me that, you know, when I went away for university, we still had what used to call a trunk call. He would call me on, I don't know, clearly before your time, but he would literally call me on the phone uh-huh. and you could talk to each other for like three minutes at a time. You would call through an operator, yeah. operator assisted call, and you would need the maximum time I could talk to him was like nine minutes after which the line would get disconnected. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I remember him telling me that one day I will be able to call you just on a video phone. And so clearly that was many, many years before we even had video technology, but this is something we discussed very regularly at home um, in terms of Amazing. in terms of tech. And um, so I guess he didn't fuel um, tech in me, but really conversations about business ideas and entrepreneurship was very, very regular in my household. And, 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 uh, and therefore I, you know, dove into that world quite young. Um, and mm-hmm. outside of that, I feel like, Philanthropy was very discussed at home. My father uh, and my mother, to be honest, my father was uh, an entrepreneur, but he did a lot for uh, people around him. 
you know, whether it's educating mm-hmm. people and he set up a foundation because um, he, he was an immigrant into India. So came really with nothing. But when he felt that he okay. was successful, set up a foundation to help a lot of people. And my mother uh-huh. used to be feeding the homeless in our living room every single day. So I used to come home from, come home from school amazing. and see this every day. So I think philanthropy was mm-hmm. also very much in my DNA to want to make a difference to the people uh, right. in the world around me and, you know, be doing something impactful for something that he taught me from a, from a very young age. Uh-huh. Awesome. Um, that sounds amazing, Ripali. So like you've been kind of like the enter- entrepreneurship and uh, supporting other people like have been injected into you uh, since the very beginning. Um, so maybe like before we move on to the next question, how is uh, how is Calcutta special when it comes to India? Because my wife, for instance, she's uh, from Udaipur. Um, I love this place. Uh, very amazing. Like they are, uh, it's called like a city of lakes. Um, wh- yeah. how, is, how is, what is Calcutta yeah. about? Calcutta is called the city of joy, in case you don't know that. But okay. uh, yeah, it's that. actually no. called the city of joy. And, uh, you know, Calcutta was famous for a few things, uh, such as art and culture and music and poetry. Uh-huh. You know, uh, vet, lots of artists, poets, designers. Now, more recently, designers yeah. are from India. Uh, there's a lot of craftsmanship in embroidery and, mm-hmm. you know, like really like textile industry is quite big. But it's also very, very well known for food uh, and also yeah. for Mother Teresa, who really set up like uh, the home, you know, she had uh, where uh-huh. she had the orphanages, et cetera, that she took care of all the children and stuff was set up in Calcutta. So right. that's what it's really known right. for. It's not like it did have a, a lot of industry like steel, you know, in the vicinity of mm-hmm. Calcutta, but it's not like any of the bigger cities like Bombay, Delhi, you know, which are much more fast. Yeah, yeah. It's much slower than the other cities. Amazing. Um, so at Speed Invest, you're on a turbocharged mission to, you know, uh, like for diversity, equity and inclusion. What's been the most exhilarating part of this journey and uh, what strategies are essential in the fast lane of uh, fostering diversity in the VC and startup ecosystem? Um, Interesting topic because I've been doing, I've been investing and advising women for more than eight years now in the European Mm -hmm. ecosystem. And when I first started doing this, people were like, who are these women who are building large scalable companies? Who are you going to invest in? Do they even exist? You know, and I joined Speed Invest uh, now three years, like now going to be my fourth year starting in Jan. When I first met them, it was really um, the CEO who asked me to come and lead diversity at the fund. I think he Mm -hmm. very much saw that I was very passionate about it. And it's something, you know, they had already started thinking about it at Sweet Invest and it's a change they wanted to make. Um, The exhilarating part is, you know, you see lots of small funds trying to do this. You see a lot of female GPs who start their own funds who try to do this. But what is really going to move the needle is large funds who have capital. You know, Mm -hmm. if they start taking it seriously, that's when it's really going to change the ecosystem. Right. So that is the exciting part because we are a large fund. We're like a billion two under management. Right? We're not a small fund. And if yeah. we if we go out there and make a statement, whether it's a micro GP program or whether it's a percentage of females that we want to invest in out of our fund or whether it's ecosystem development, you know, all the things that we do. Uh, I think that really sends a signal to other funds that they need to take this seriously. That is what right. the exciting bit, bit of it is. Of course, 
many things we need to get right, such as, you know, making sure that we're building an inclusive culture within Speed Invest where our own women are supported, taken care of. We are building a transparent culture where they understand what the KPIs are for them to, you know, progress in the organization. We also want to make yeah. sure that our own leadership and management is representative of females and other mm-hmm. diverse individuals in society. So, you know, it's quite key that it's not one person in the organization who's doing it, but that we embed it in the in the DNA of Speed Invest is quite important for to make real yeah. progress and change. Exactly. And how do you make like people kind of, uh, how do you evangelize this to like kind of make other people in your company follow and um, also kind of lead by example? Yeah, I mean, the, fir- the first thing is obviously we, um, I'm happy to t- talk a little bit more about the detail internally and externally, all the work that we do, but really it has to come from the top. Like if the CEO is not brought right. into, it, into it, nobody can really influence it, right? It's the senior, all the partners have to be brought into it. And uh, we need to have enough female representation at the top. You know, we, we were one of the first mm-hmm. few funds other than the CEO, Oliver, who is very pro uh, diversity in what we're doing and understands that he, you know, wants to build this change into this organization. We had, we have Maria Lair, who was one of the first female GPs in Europe right. is, you know, as part of our organization. And she is also leading from the mm-hmm. top saying that this is something we need to do. Um, and, and specifically that's on the internal side, on the external side, we very carefully make sure we are going out, talking to accelerators, doing office hours, mm-hmm. meeting female founders, because there's also like this issue of getting them to come to Speed Invest, right? Because they want to make sure that mm-hmm. we are founder friendly, we are female founder friendly as well, that they come mm-hmm. to us and then we yeah. track them through the pipeline to see how many women are actually progressing from long list to short list to investment committee. And we do this on a monthly basis. We actually have a dashboard and ultimately see how many how many female founders are we investing in? And as a fund, we've set mm-hmm. a target for Speed Invest 4 for 30% to have at least 30% of the portfolio companies to have at least one uh, woman at the yeah. top, right? So we are very target driven uh, and very yeah. capital driven. So on one side, you have to mm-hmm. do ecosystem development to make sure that there are enough women coming through the pipeline. On the second side, you really have to make sure that you're putting your money where your mouth is and, and investing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for um, yeah giving an example. And um, so I guess, as you say, change has to come from the top uh, to make things happen. So um, I also know that um, you led uh, the collaboration with SoftBank's Emerge program uh, to invest in underrepresented founders in Europe, which sounds like, uh, <coughs> you know, like a mad, maiden startup heaven. Can you share a story from this collaboration that stands out to you and, uh, you know, like maybe exemplifies the positive change that you aim to achieve? Uh, And maybe like, because that was already in the past, what's like the uh, more up-to-date thing that uh, or initiative that you've been working on? Yeah, so SoftBank program was now like three years ago. I think that's the first thing I worked on when I came to Speed Invest. SoftBank, SoftBank called us and said they want to run Emerge, which they were running in America already. They said, we want to run it in Europe and you have a, you know, would you be interested in being a partner? And so Oliver called me and said, what do you think? And I think, uh, you know, it's super interesting. And so Oliver and I worked on it together. Actually, that was the first thing we worked on together and really was the very start of our relationship or my relationship mm-hmm. with Speedinvest. Um, and ultimately, we were quite capital driven. We ended up, 
you know, we formed a consortium. We had to put together like five other funds in the European ecosystem. And we brought together Cherry, Briga, First Minute. It was us and it was SoftBank. Um, and we really came. So we put together this whole partnership. We did led the work for Europe. Mm-hmm. And we actually ended up, each fund ended up investing in uh, at least one or two not just mentoring and accelerating, but really investing with, with like, you know, a million plus in capital Amazing. into 10 underrepresented mm-hmm. founders. I think 50% of the cohort was female or 60% was female. Mm-hmm. We had two founders even from Africa because I'm spending more and more time That's on the so emerging cool. markets now, but we mm-hmm. had two founders from Africa as well. So to be honest, we went through like at least, I'm trying to remember, it was at least a thousand applicants um, and mm. uh, narrowed it down to 10, which we then invested in and then catapulted uh, through a lot of training that we put together with SoftBank and the other funds. So that was three years ago. And uh, last year, sorry, this year, we, um, I partnered with Albion. So Speed Invest and Albion came together. Albion is a SaaS fund. We came together to really fill the top of the funnel. So women who are currently at companies, so they're working, but they want yeah. to build and don't know how to build. Yeah. So we accelerate, did like a 12-week acceleration program to really fill that top of the funnel um, and teach them how to price and build and go to market and, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the end fundraise. And that's something we launched and led and we will do something again next year. We just started talking about it. Um, so, yeah, that was also what we did this year was also very exciting. Amazing. Uh, Bali, so I know that you also recently launched a uh, fund of funds program with a focus on supporting emerging managers, uh, you know, particularly women um, and other diverse GPs. What inspired that initiative and, you know, how do you envision it shaping the future of So um, we were thinking, Oliver, and I were thinking for a while about a scout program because it's something the fund had already thought about before I started. And to be honest, I was an Atomico scout for many years, so I kind of knew how this program should work. So um, Oliver Mm -hmm. and I discussed it and we just felt like it was a, a lot of work to give, like, somebody a hundred K ticket ticket and then they would go and invest in like five companies and each time we would have to KYC on like a 20K ticket Mm -hmm. or a 10K ticket, which is a lot of work if you think about it, right? From a KYC perspective. And so we we just thought that the admin burden would be quite high. And then Oliver one day was listening to a podcast, which he loves, and he called me and he said, Hey, the value has been listening to this podcast and I'm thinking whether we should do like these smaller checks into funds and what do you think of the idea? So it was, I can't claim credit. It was his idea. Of course, we then ideated and made it better. And then we came up with these numbers and how we can change the ecosystem. And it was like, how do you think we could make it different? And I was like, maybe we invest 50% into female and diverse GPs. And that's how we, Mm. you know, we... Uh, tweaked it a bit and then we came up with and to be honest we are direct investors so fund of fund or micro gp is not part of our normal strategy so we had to get lp approval to do it etc and we said how much Mm -hmm. of the fund should we put aside and um, obviously it's a small percentage of the fund but i think it makes a huge difference we've done already 14 Mm -hmm. tickets two tickets going to ic today in fact i sent an email last night 
um and yeah. to uh, we i would say we will end up at 50% female gps and their first time fund mm, managers yeah so very exciting and that's how it started and then we also held this micro gp summit in vienna in october where we brought mm-hmm. together a community of first time gps and we also brought together some yeah. of our lps because we wanted a we wanted to do um like a panel for people to understand how different kinds of lps look at first time fund managers whether it's a corporate lp or mm-hmm. whether it's you know a fund a fund lp or whether it's a pension fund state owned bank how do they evaluate first time fund managers so to maximize the probability of getting a check from them but we also wanted to connect people who yeah first time right. fund managers so they could get money from other people besides us right and then we did a mm-hmm. day of learnings curriculum sharing as in we said how did we we show we basically shared lessons about how we our, our own shareholder base changed from like Ten yeah. years ago or twelve years ago, when we were a ten million fund to now, and how, what mm. are the learnings? And then we wanted to share all this, this, and investment committee processes, other things that first-time yeah. GPs are thinking about. We want to bring together not just money, not just capital, but content and learnings and community to these first-time GPs. That is amazing. I, I love it. I hope it works out well um, because it will bring a lot of change to the to the ecosystem that's I that's needed actually. Uh, I know that uh, you're also um, like a co-captain of the Alma Angelship. You co-founded uh, this initiative uh, and you're on a mission to increase female angel investors in Europe. So what challenges did you face and um, you know, what changes have you experienced uh, in investing landscape for women since then? Yeah. I mean, when we first started Alma, it was me and uh, another co-founder, Ella, and we basically sat down and... It was funny because yeah. she was running a social impact accelerator back then called Zinc. And we were talking about some of her companies because I was looking at doing some angel checks in them from the Atomico program. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know, who are the other women? Can we introduce these founders to? Because some of them were like femtech businesses. Yeah. And um, to be honest, we kept coming up with like the same names. We were like, these five women invest. We don't know any other women. So clearly there was a bottleneck in terms of the female angels, the number of female right. angels that were out there, right? And there was Sarah Turner, who was building Angel Academy, who was, I think, probably the only other. She It was a syndicate. And what we did, we wanted to build something, but we wanted to build a community again. Mm-hmm. We wanted to build a place where women come together to learn from each other and invest together, where they mm-hmm. share deal flow. So because... Outside of a bros club, how, you know, deals get done. Usually yeah, my yeah, husband yeah. calls a friend and like, dude, I'm investing in this company. Do you want to come in? And that's how <laughs> deals, you know, angel deals got done back then. In any case, so we came together and we literally did a pilot and we brought together like five angels that we knew and 10 founders. And we put together like in Local Globe gave us a room in their office and we were like, let's do some networking. And that's how Alma was born. We brainstormed many names and came up with Alma in the end. And that became like a real community. And we had two more co-founders who joined us and four of us started building it. And COVID kind of catapulted it because most people were sitting at home. And I think it was a great time Mm -hmm. to connect with other people online and learn about angel investing. Um, Right. Of course, there's still a lot to be done. Um, I'm still very involved in it from a strategy perspective, maybe not an operational perspective, from a strategy perspective, very much still a co-founder there. What we've seen is, interestingly, a lot of other things have come out of Alma. Other, We've invested like six million pounds or something in the last 
three years into female founders off of a free community. We don't charge anything. So we've done mm-hmm. that. But outside of that, we have like pockets of women who've come out. Either they've gone to VC, even even Isaac gets even less, but there are other women like Gemma who went to Creandum or, you know, there are a few others who went to other yeah. VCs. We've invested in female GPs. We've invested in, you know, Eileen. We've invested in Marin, January Capital. We've invested in people from Alma, but we've also had some Almas who started their own funds. So we have all mm. syndicates. So we have like um, Marla who started her Mesa, which is the female syndicate. We had Trin and Nicole who yeah. started Sea Ventures. We had Samira and Saloni who started Pink Salt Ventures. We have Rupa who started like some training for, uh, you know, angels now. So we've had pockets of women who joined Alma and then left still a part of Alma, but started their own things because they really believe in the female cause. So you almost see this multiplier effect, which is super interesting. Of course, there's a lot of work to be done and still uh, a mm. lot of, you know, um, I mean, female founders still find it hard. But what I mean is that more and more people versus when I first started doing it, there was like nobody, maybe Czech and I were the only yeah. people in the ecosystem at that time. That's amazing. I love it. Like, and your passion for it is like so evident and contagious. Uh, amazing. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> if you actually, so, you know, if you could go back in time um, and give your younger self advice when entering the world of VC, um, what would that advice be? And would you even listen? I mean, it's funny because I started investing very early in my career. So I did investment banking. I had a very uh-huh. traditional path to VC. I had investment banking. And then I did early stage. I did later stage. So I did series A plus mm. VC from a very young age, right? I left VC yeah. because I wanted to gain operational experience. And I came back into VC. But mm-hmm. for me, I started VC at a very young age because... It was, you did two years of investment banking in New York City. You paid your dues. You worked all the time. And then you moved yeah. to the buy side. That was the world I grew up in. It was quite different yeah. now, right? So um, I would say that what it is, is that you have, VC is a very long-term game, right? You have to be super patient. Whether it's you have to mm-hmm. be super patient with your founders because there are so many ups and downs and you have to be super patient mm-hmm. with yourself whether it comes to promotions because you need to be able to show that your companies are doing well, right? So I think you just in right. general have to be quite a patient individual and some of that obviously comes with life experience because I see young people right all the time saying oh I want to get promoted Mm. I'm not getting promoted and I'm just like this is a long game you have to be super long-term focused and just have to wait it out sometimes um, to be able to show that performance so I think patience in every sense of the way is quite key it sounds like a great general life advice yeah Patience. And you know what, Martin? You have you get become more patient when you have children, and you, exactly. Yeah, I just wanted yeah, to say that man, yeah. like the amount of patience yeah. required. Like I've never been so patient in my life. I exactly. Say. Now, when I have like a three-year-old daughter, like my patience level is on completely another level. I must say. Exactly. <laughs> try try so, two uh, children no. and try a teen, two teenagers. So. <laughs> oh man, I don't I can't imagine that. Even I can't. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I'm gonna get there. Um yeah, so finally, um so kind of diving back again into the heart of your passion, uh, which is supporting female founders. Uh you've invested in multiple female founded companies. Uh is there a common thread or you know a quality that you keep seeing in these founders or maybe could keep looking for? In yeah, that? I think obviously most VCs will look for a very bold and big vision. 
Um, yeah. So obviously I look for that when I'm meeting these founders, the ability to mm-hmm. sell because you're selling to your clients, you're selling to your employees, you're selling to investors. Yeah. You have to be really good at selling what you're building. But also I think resilience is the underlying theme. Obviously it's really hard mm. to gauge when you're investing in someone, what it's going to be like, whether male or female. But obviously these women are very, very resilient because it's super hard. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there are lots of ups and downs and there's a lot of pressure that comes with taking external money in terms of growth that you need to deliver. And I'm not just saying this, of course, the women I've invested in, most of the women that I really think make it through are the women I've been investing in for a long time now, right? Many years since I did Mm -hmm. my first angel check was 2017. So six years now, but I feel like the women that really survive are the women who are really resilient, but I'm sure it's the same of men, you know, because this is a, it's really yeah. a journey. Um, it's about the journey and not the destination because uh, you really have to get the journey right. 100%. Yeah. Um, so Deepali, imagine we were having a chai together. Uh, what's the most exciting tech you've recently seen that you'd spill the tea about, you know, especially in digital health, femtech or climate tech. I mean, to be honest, I love chai. So I wish I was actually having yeah. chai. Chai is the best. Do you add a lot of sugar to your chai? I, I, I obviously add chai masala. I add like elaichi. I don't know uh, if you know what that is, but like cardamom. And... I, I know. Okay. Like my wife's, like her... Papa makes like the best chai He's ever. So like I love sweet. his I chai. Love this. Every time I go to India, it's just like. But he has a lot of sugar yeah. and like, but it's it's a bit naughty, yeah. but yeah. I like it. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I I obviously look at a lot of tech. I've been spending more and more time in Africa this year and the emerging markets. I did a deal yeah. in Brazil because we also invest mm-hmm. in emerging market companies. I did a deal in Africa this year, but I've looked at a lot of health companies this year also in Europe. And mm. one that particularly st- stood out for me was one that assumed that the hospitals of the future will be AI hospitals with lots of AI applications, mm. whether it's for revenue cycle management or whether it's for radiology or influencing patient outcomes or better triage. Yeah. And um, that every hospital will ultimately buy all these AI applications and they need a platform layer to really manage these and see how these applications are doing for them. And I thought that was super interesting. There are one or two companies building the space in the UK as well as in Germany. And I thought that was quite interesting. But, you know, I meet so many interesting businesses. I met somebody on Friday who is uh, developing an alternative for molecular testing in uh, oncology, which is super interesting because molecular testing is quite expensive. And so we're constantly, Mm. I think that's the best part about our job is meeting these amazing right yeah i just wanted people. to say like how amazing yeah. is that to actually get to meet yeah. all those people like super talented people and like all with potential to uh like make a exactly. positive change in the world this is just yeah. amazing like i would actually pay a good money to to do this and this is like kind of a and you're getting paid like, to it. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. it's crazy yeah. So, you know, like looking ahead, uh, what's your vision for the future of venture capital and the startup ecosystem? Like, especially in terms of, of course, diversity and inclusion. And what um, role do you hope to play in shaping this future? I mean, obviously, the vision is that the future is diverse and the future is colorful because Mm. it's diverse, right? Nobody wants a black and white future. You want a colorful future. And that's only going to come through diversity. So 
um that's what i'm hoping obviously that you know i have a boy and a girl that they grow up in a world with equal opportunity whether it's venture or not of course we talk about venture all the time because mm-hmm. that's what i'm building but these issues we have we face in many many different industries right so um hoping that there's equal opportunity for because um opportunity you know talent is um very diverse and you want to be able to give a yeah. fair shot to everybody opportunity is not unfortunately exactly. very diverse right so uh, you want to yeah, like talent is everywhere opportunity exactly. is not right? so so, so, that's, so that's what you're hoping and you know the role that i can play i have the brand of speed invest behind me of course i was doing this on my own for many many years and now i'm grateful to have the speed invest brand the capital the partnership yeah. and everybody else who wants to make a difference so i'm hoping we can we can together make a difference because it's not one person as you know it's all the mm. it's it's been invest it's other funds that we bring in alongside us the other capital providers yeah. it's our micro gp program it's lps who give us money who can make a huge yeah. difference it's angels it's all my angels so mm. it's it's really a community and it's like a an effort together that's going to make a difference right not yeah. just me yeah we need all hands on exactly. board exactly 100% dipali um you're an investor a wife a mom and a dog owner living in london uh how do you juggle your professional superhero cape with your personal superhero cape and uh you know maintain happiness long term um so And maybe what's your so okay maybe I'll answer this first and then I will have a follow up question yeah. to that. I'm not sure I should I deserve a superhero <laughs> cape for anything but um I think that you know when my children were little I spent a lot of time with them and I think I kind of helped them grow into very independent adults and I think having my own life mm-hmm. always really helped me and helped them as well because they saw a mother especially my son <laughs> you look on you dog. Like that's not a- <laughs> it's been a tough year for starter people you know like so you guys have really fallen well hopefully not our unicorns but <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i think it's um i think it's uh, you know i spent a lot of time with them as children which make them into mature independent adults and my children have always seen me work and always seen me have a mission and i think especially my son it's very important for him to see like a strong woman Uh, who's playing uh-huh. a key role right and i think it it's it's a good yeah, yeah. and and my daughter who's to be honest much better than me in most things but uh, i think that mm. uh, i think i did uh, i probably have spent less and less time with them as you know as your job takes more and more time and i will say that i have a very supportive husband who is the wind beneath my wings and i couldn't do half the things i right. do if it wasn't for him and i'm not just saying this and to be honest i have ignored him for a few months now so you would probably say 3 years but uh i think spending more time with them is quality time with them is what my new year resolution is for 2024 and mm. uh, i started already because i feel like i always have this resolution and then life takes over or work takes over and i feel like yeah, I, yeah, and, and i think i need to, i need to make some changes in my own life to just spend more time with them and um you know whether it's taking a walk with my son which i love doing on the weekend is going for hot chocolate mm-hmm. he likes going to noops and i'll take him for hot chocolate and we just sit there and talk for half an hour or take him to waterstones and yeah. read a book for like an hour with him or you know walk around mm-hmm. with my daughter or go to dinner with my husband i just feel like those are things that i need to um probably do more of in my life because i don't think i could do any of them without him including taking care of the dog so 
That sounds amazing. Um, well, by the way, do you like? Do you ever make your children pitch their ideas to you, like if they want to do something or get something new? Like how, how... <laughs> my son is very into tech. My daughter wants to uh -huh. be a doctor, so she's completely like a doctor, anti-tech. It's quite funny. Um, mm. But uh, my son and I do talk about a lot about business ideas. He'll always be like, so tell me about the interesting companies you met and what are they building. And sometimes I send him a pitch deck and I'll be like, tell me what you thought. Or during the holidays, I'll be like, can you do yeah, some research on awesome. this topic? But, uh, mm. you know, this. I feel like they need to do things that interest them rather than interest me, right? I want them to be their own human beings. Yeah. My daughter loves uh, biology and she loves dance and she loves art. And I want her to do what makes her happy because that's when she's going to be really successful rather than me trying to tell her to be a certain way or be interested in a certain topic, right? That's beautiful. I love it. I'm going to take it as an advice when, um, you know, and approach it to, to, to my uh, daughter as well. Um, last thing, Dipali. Um, you know, also personal stuff. London is probably like the best place in the world to eat Indian food. <laughs> what what <laughs> restaurant do I love? What's your like? What's your city gem in yeah. London, or like like yeah, favorite place to go for Indian Indian food? food I love obviously Dishoom. I don't know if you've been, but okay. so good. Nice. Um, and I'm just thinking that I mean, there's lots of restaurants in Mayfair. But uh, I'm going to Dishoom uh -huh. tomorrow for lunch, uh, for a business meeting. Awesome. It's really I'm good. Jealous. And to be honest, we, um, you know, uh, also eat cook at home a lot, right? So right. don't... Do you get Indian spices from India directly? No, we get them in London just... now. I used to get bucket loads when I go to India, but uh, I also... I still yeah. do. Like well, every time we go to India, I just bring... Like one extra suitcase is just exactly. spices. Exactly, exactly. I still get stuff, but now in London, you get mostly everything, right? So yeah, unless there's something I special see. things that you don't mm -hmm. get here, then I'll get them like some like Bengali mustard or something from Calcutta, which I'm used okay. to, you know, for fish or, but otherwise I, you get everything here and we cook a lot. So mm -hmm. we don't tend to go out as much for Indian food, but cook it at home. Okay. But yeah, I do love the shoes and cool. yeah, you must go when you come or we'll I, go I, when I you come. I also love cooking. I also love cooking Indian um, at home. Like, so Shilpa, uh, she cooks pretty pretty well, but I also learned a lot from her and her, her mother uh, back uh, in India. Uh, yeah, I hope we uh, meet one day and maybe uh, do some Indian cook-off together. To, I would to, love that. To check who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Dipali, thank you so much for this interview. Um, it's been lovely and like a very Christmassy vibe. That, yeah, it's going to be um, like Christmas hat. We're Oops. getting out of it with New Year's. Exactly. <laughs> so beautiful. So awesome. Now we're matching. Um, <laughs> Dipali, I want to wish you um, a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays and uh, Happy New Year. And um, yeah, I hope your resolutions will uh, hold, uh, you know, hold on the, the kind of the challenge of time. Or I don't know how to say <laughs> it. And um, yeah, uh, I wish you all the best and um, hope to see you soon next thank year. Thank you, Martin. And thank you for having me and wishing everybody really nice, happy, safe, holiday season and happy new year for 2024 amazing thanks so much dipali enjoy your thank day thank you